Yeah, the Grizzlies are down John Morant. The Grizzlies are down Steven Adams. The Grizzlies are down Brandon Clark. We talk a lot about Tyus Jones. We talk a lot about Desmond Bain. We've talked a lot about Dylan Brooks, but make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. The one guy who is the most important Grizzlies player right now is Jaron Jackson Jr. We're going to talk about that right here, right now, coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host today, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee. want to thank you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies, not only just uh, wherever you are right now, but make sure you continue to tune in everywhere, because that's where we are. We're everywhere. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen or watch podcasts, you can find locked on grizzly so we appreciate you all uh, for tuning in uh very much so today and just remember that today's episode is brought to you by the one and only ultimate gm look i know some of you ever dreamed of becoming an nba gm and you say oh the grizzly should make this trade and that trade what you think you can manage a basketball franchise then this game is definitely for you to download the game just go visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners here on Locked On Grizzlies get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game. That's all caps. Use Locked On as your promo code and you get a 100% free boost. Uh, the Grizzlies could use a boost right now and they could use that boost from the best player who is active right now, and that is Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't think this is up for debate anymore. I know last season uh, we had talks on here, unlocked on Grizzlies. As a matter of fact, not even last season, in the offseason, there was the Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr. conversation. Which which guy is 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 number two? You know, John Moran is your one. Is Des your two? Is Jaron your two? And quite frankly, you can't go wrong with either guy. You know, I've been on here talking about uh, how important Desmond Bain is to the Grizzlies as much or more than anyone. But I've come to the realization of how this thing works. And it's simple. Jaron Jackson Jr. changes this defense. We saw it with our own eyes. You remember when we were talking about it at the beginning of the season, how bad the defense was struggling. And it was like the snap of a finger. In the blink of an eye, quicker than a camera's flash, Jaron Jackson Jr. changed all of that. Now the Grizzlies are the top-rated defense in the NBA. And, you know, when he before he came back, this was a middle-of-the-pack defense. And, I mean, he is a game-changer. He's the front-runner for Defensive Player of the Year. And he kind of magnified what Dylan Brooks is doing. You know, Dylan Brooks was playing great defense all season long. But now uh, the fact that you have Dylan Brooks kind of on – on, you know, guarding the wing defenders. I mean, guarding the wing scorers and Jaron Jackson Jr. behind him, it kind of, you know, makes for a perfect combo there. But the defense is one thing. 
This is where Jaron steps out. He's the premier two-way player on this Grizzlies team. As great as Dez is offensively, can make that argument. And, I mean, you don't even have to make the argument. I'll just say it. Jaron is as good on the defensive end for this Grizzlies team. But the difference is when you watch Jaron Jackson Jr. on offense, and this is where this is where the conversation goes here. When you watch Jaron Jackson Jr. on offense, he can be a force. He can be dominant, but you don't see it enough. We don't see it enough. And I've kind of got some answers for you guys. Uh, why haven't we seen it enough? You know, I've been asked time and time again, you know, from people, uh, the Grizzlies aren't getting Jaron Jackson Jr. the ball. Uh, why isn't he getting the ball? You know, we've talked about this a lot. There are some certain games in the past that showcased it. You remember the Lakers game? Remember the Lakers game recently? Jaron Jackson Jr. was dominating that first half. I believe he finished that first half with like 16, 18 points. Uh, they couldn't stop him. Anthony Davis was in and out of the lineup. But even when Anthony Davis was in the game, the Grizzlies did a great job forcing mismatches. And Jaron Jackson Jr., again, we talked about it early in the season. One of the best things that's come you know, from his development on the offensive end is he is punishing mismatches now. He's not playing with his food. It's not, oh, I got a 6'4 guard on me, but I'm still going to shoot the three. No, that's that's old. He, he sees a 6'3 guard on him. He's taking you to the post, and you better foul him or it's going up. So with that being said, he was dominating that Lakers game. Second half, didn't get as many mismatches. Matched up against Anthony Davis, and I've said, you know, as skilled as Jaron Jackson Jr. is offensively, the polish is not there right now to dominate matchups against you know guys with replicable size. You know, if he's going against Anthony Davis, you know, if he's going against you know uh, those those type of defenders, you know, uh, uh, Joel Embiid or any one of that ilk, he's not ready to dominate those matches yet. But guess what? That doesn't mean he's not ready to dominate an NBA game on the offensive end. Let me explain. You think of the best scorers in the NBA. Uh, the NBA is much different than it used to be. The game now is centered pretty much around creating mismatches and dominating those mismatches. The reason that is the case is because more teams are switching defensively in the NBA than we've ever seen. You remember the NBA used to be a little hedge and recover, you know, type defense. Then they went into this, this drop a defense became the new thing when teams start shooting more three-pointers and say, okay, the drop defense where, you know, your big man drops back and forces, you know, the team, it takes away the three and takes away, you know, the, the layups, forces you into taking the mid-range shots. But then you had players like KD, you know, uh, DeMar DeRozan and Chris Paul, guys who just would, you know, obliterate drop coverage. So then it, switching. Golden State, I think – one of the teams that really popularized it as they went on their runs over the years. thing about switching is you're basically saying, hey, we'll take these matchups. We'll take our 6-4 guard against your, your 6-9, 6-10 big. And it works a lot of time in today's NBA because big men aren't as skilled as scoring around the basket as they used to be. We see a lot of rim-running bigs now, just a bunch of guys catching alley-oops. Uh, these guys don't have post fadeaways anymore, post hooks, none of that stuff. But getting back to Jaron Jackson Jr. and how it correlates is look at the best scorers in the league. Look at Luka. Look at LeBron. Look at, 
you know, James Harden when he was in his prime recently as a scoring champion. All those guys are masters at manipulating the matchup that they want. You think going into a game, uh, the Clippers aren't going to, you know, match up LeBron James with, with a Kawhi Leonard or Paul George type of guy. But LeBron, he's going to manipulate it into whatever matchup he wants. And be that Russell Westbrook, he's going to just, okay, he's going to set a couple strings until he gets Russell Westbrook on him. Go back to the NBA Finals, those, those Warriors-Cavs game. LeBron was manipulating mismatches to get Steph Curry on him when the Warriors literally had Klay Thompson, uh, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala all on the floor, three guys who are, you know, capable of holding their own. So with that being said, the Grizzlies have to do a better job of manipulating the mismatches for Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, teams are willingly uh, letting you 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 switch these guys onto him. And when you see a 6'4", 6'3", guy on, on Jaron Jackson Jr., it shouldn't be a doubt in anyone's mind who is taking the shot on that position. And if not, if not taking the shot, who is not creating the offense? Be that, you know, when he gets that matchup, uh, help comes you know, on the defensive end, and he makes the correct pass to the open guy or he makes the pass to the guy who makes the pass, the hockey pass, you know, they call it, to the guy who creates the, the shooting opportunity. So that's where the Grizzlies can take advantage of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s, you know, offensive progression. That's where the Grizzlies can get the most out of Jaron Jackson Jr. And that's where the Grizzlies can become a more efficient half-court offense. That's been the conversation, right? Taylor Jenkins called it, you know, I believe like a month ago, he called it the elephant in the room, you know, the half-court offense. Jaron Jackson Jr. is the key. Talking to a couple Grizzlies players, I asked them, said, do you do, do you think Jaron Jackson Jr. knows how dominant he can be? Like, does he know? We know. Media knows. Uh. Uh, clearly his teammates know, but does he know? Desmond Bain said, no, not yet. He doesn't know it yet. Dylan Brooks said, look, I've been telling him that since the bubble. But he 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 he'll he'll get there. You know, he he has to get some more dog in him, as as Dylan Brooks said. And that's something, you know, that goes back to when you talk about getting that dog in you. We do a lot of talking about, oh, the Grizzlies aren't getting Jaron the ball. The Grizzlies aren't getting Jaron the ball. How about he just demand it? How about that? I think it's simple. You got a mismatch on you and you're 6'11". You got this 6'4", 6'5", guard on you. Put both of your hands in the air and, and let the team know, I got the mismatch. Give me the dang ball and let me go score. I think that's what he should do. So we'll see, you know, how how he continues to progress into that role. Because overall, I think it's a role that kind of determines the ceiling of Jaron Jackson Jr. Defensively, he's probably going to win Defense Player of the Year this year. He's shooting a career high on two-point shots. He's shooting a respectable 33.8% from three-point range. You combine that with the potential of Jaron Jackson Jr., being able to take more more advantage of you know the mismatches, uh, being able to isolate himself on the block, and of course the foul trouble and things like that. If he kind of you know uh, gets to playing over thirty minutes per game, I think that's kind of the the barometer there for him. If he gets to that that point, uh, you're talking about a guy who has the potential of not only being an all star as he's as he did this season, but being a superstar at the NBA level. 
Well, the guy we're about to talk about isn't a superstar at the NBA level, not an all-star either, but he's a rising star in the Grizzlies rotation. That is David Roddy. Uh, David Roddy's doing some great things right now, but how can he build on this? Where does he go from here, and how does it impact the Grizzlies rotation? We're going to talk about that in a second, but before we talk about that, I got to reach out to my GMs here. We're talking about David Roddy. He was a first-round pick for the Grizzlies. And I got to talk to you about Ultimate Basketball GM because would you have made the same move if you were the Grizzlies GM? I don't think so. I don't I don't remember seeing a lot of you guys talk about J- David Roddy going up into the draft. But listen, if you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is the thing for you. It's definitely the game for me. I love it. And I love it. And let me tell you some of the things you can do. Uh, when you're on Ultimate Bas- Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, you manage every strategic aspect of your team. You play through the season and you lead your team to glory. If you make a good team, that is. If you make a bad team, then you can tank like the 76ers of old or something like that. But with all that being said, you have the responsibility of hiring the right coaches, the assistants, the, tra- the training players. You can trade them. Uh, you can make draft picks. And you can navigate your way through free agency and the draft. You get to experience all the ups and downs of an NBA of an NBA season. So here's the thing: this is all you have to do. Just go download the game and visit probasketballgm.com. Remember, you can go download it, or you can just visit probasketballgm.com. And look, locked on Grizzlies listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code locked on in the game store so if you go download probasketballgm.com use the promo code locked on all caps l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n in all caps you'll get 100 free boost to their franchise when using that promo code uh, a big boost to the grizzlies franchise has been david roddy we'll talk about him in a second coming up after the break david roddy has been kind of a godsend for this Grizzlies team right at the right time, right? They've struggled with depth. They've struggled, you know, getting, you know, production from, from wings off the bench. Remember coming into the season, it was almost a foregone conclusion. Like, yeah, you got Dylan in the starting lineup. Then you got, you know, Zaire Williams was supposed to be the guy who was stepping into this new role. And it just hasn't happened. And Zaire Williams, they, be great to see him, you know, kind of get back to where he was uh, going into the end of last season. But right now, he he is out. He's firmly out of the rotation, and it doesn't look like uh, he'll be back in at any point uh, this season. But enter David Roddy, and uh, I admire this guy's mental toughness a lot because how many of you? I, I sincerely want to know how many of you could deal with starting for the Memphis Grizzlies, then say, okay, yeah, now go down. We're sending you down to the G League, and you go start for the G League team. Then you come back up to the Grizzlies, and you're just sitting on the bench, clapping for your teammates, high fives. Then you play big minutes. Then you go back to the bench. Then you sit down again. Then you come back up. That's David Roddy. That's what he has experienced this season, and it's got to be mentally challenging, but talking to Xavier Tillman. Xavier Tillman Sr. was basically saying, look, man, I'm a third-year guy. 
you know, because Xavier Tillman is the one player who's kind of went through uh, some similarities uh, this season. He said, I'm a third year guy. Like, I should be able to handle this. This is, I know how the NBA works at this point. But for him, a rookie, to be told, yeah, you're going to play X amount of minutes this night. You're not going to play this night. There was even a point earlier this season where the Grizzlies, you know, they, they have their travel squad when they go on the road. Uh, David Roddy was supposed to be a, that be a part of that travel squad. And at the last minute, the very last minute, they told him he couldn't go. Actually, we want you to go down to the G League instead of going on this road trip. By all accounts, Taylor Jenkins uh, said he handled it well. He's a pro already, and you see it through his calm demeanor on the basketball floor. But the thing is, how is this going to translate? And that is the performance. It's two performances against the Mavs. You know, you want to look at it from the bright perspective. David Roddy is figuring some things out. You want to you be a realist here, like I try to do on this show all the time. The Mavs wing defense sucks. It's, it's not good. So with that being said, how can he stack upon those performances against the Mavericks, against better teams, against better teams who have better wing defenders, against better teams who have better rim protectors? And that is the question uh, at this point. Remember, David Roddy's two highest scoring games of the entire season are the last two games, and both of those games were against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the Miami Heat have better rim protection. You know, a guy like Bam Adebayo. Not sure how many how many minutes, you know, uh, Adebayo and, and Roddy will overlap. But they also have, a you know, a few, you know, feisty defenders over there uh, with the Heat as well. So I'm looking at that. That's what I want to see. Uh, how does David Roddy's progression continue as he goes against different defenses? Because one thing that we've noticed is there is a method to his success now. I think as a rookie, you're so caught in figuring it out a lot of times. Um, you know, your game is different. I remember Zaire last season saying pretty much his entire life he's played on the ball. Then he gets to the Grizzlies, he basically becomes a spot-up shooter, and he has the you know, score and transition from time to time. That's kind of who he became at the NBA level. David Roddy, I always say this, but I really challenge all of you, go look at his college YouTube highlights. You will be like, man, that is... He doesn't play like that with us. He doesn't play like that with the Grizzlies. But that's because the Grizzlies don't use him that way. He's playing the three a lot here. He gets his minutes at the four, you know, and then he's four and five, basically, you know, in college. So he's had to adjust. And now there's a method, you know, knock down some shots, take some guys off the dribble, and run the floor like a deer. And he's doing that right now. So that's David Roddy. A lot of people want to say, yeah, his his spot in the rotation is, is firm now. Yes, it is. But when Ja gets back, it's, one, it's going to be one less spot if Ja gets back. When, if, you know, uh, we've talked about that a lot. I don't have to prolong that part of it. But <laughs> there may be one less rotation spot. And I'm sure, you know, David Roddy, the way he's played, if he continues to play as well, we're not talking about David Wright leaving the rotation. We're talking about how these minutes are going to be distributed between guys like Roddy, John Conchar, and Luke Kennard. 
as me and Joe Mullinax talked about on uh, yesterday's show, Luke Kennard is gaining minutes. He's gaining minutes, but John Conchar is still ahead of him in the rotation. John Conchar still John Conchar is still ahead of him in, in the rotation. Luke Kennard role is growing, and I think I was asked. Uh, in Locked On Grizzlies comments about Luke Kennard, like if if he was playing, you know, more minutes, if he was taking more shots, how many points do I think he could average? Make no mistake about it. I think that guy could average 18 to 20, 18 points a game in a starting role. If he's if he's starting in Desmond Bain's spot, he can give you 18 points a game for sure. I think so. I think he's a really good player. I think it's just, you know, it's a matter of fit type things, which is, you know, the Grizzlies – as we've seen so far, they can seemingly only put Desmond Bain and Kennard on the floor together. Desmond Bain plays at the point guard. So it's it hasn't been seen a lot yet where a point guard has the ball and you have, you know, Desmond Bain on one side, uh, Luke Kennard on one side, and basically say, hey, which side are you going to sag off teams? Pick your poison. We haven't seen that enough yet, and that's what I want to see. But the thing about that, you pick your poison with that. The opposing team's going to go back on the other end on offense, and they're going to say, hmm, who do we want to score on? Because neither of them you know, are classified as great defenders. Both solid. Desmond Bain's solid. I like the way you know he competes on that end, and, and Luke Kennard also competes on the defensive end. So both solid guys, but David Roddy's progression directly impacts John Conchar and Luke Kennard's minutes. That's another thing to watch as we get, you know, in this next uh, stretch of games because the playoffs will come, the rotation will get smaller, and one of those guys is going to get the short end of the stick. I've seen you, some of you, saying uh, David Roddy should be in front of John Conchar. And, you know, the way he's playing right now, just the offensive boost he gives you, the defensive versatility, uh, I think there's a strong statement you know, that can be made that that's true. But we have to see it over a course of period of time. Okay, you did it against the Mavs. It's great to see David Roddy finally have those breakout performances, but the Mavs aren't necessarily known for wing defense. They're not known for rim protection. Uh, there are better opponents ahead. So you got to see it against those teams because playoffs, it's going to be it's gonna be some good defense. Uh, teams compete on that end in the playoffs. But speaking of competing, the Grizzlies have a big game. Uh, coming up on the road against the Miami Heat. We're going to talk about that game here in a second. But before we talk about that game, we got to talk about FanDuel. Because guess what? FanDuel is where you go if you want to place any bets on that game. And I always tell you guys, you, you, you talk about how to use FanDuel and, and what's the best method, what's the best way to use it. Uh, I always advocate for – I'm an advocate for the same game parlays see look look, look, the same game parlays it's simple you you go you go to the grizzlies uh players and you say hey i project this player to score this many points that player to score this many points this got to get this many rebounds i think this is a good game to say hey uh jaron jackson jr going against some small guys put a little risk on it put them at 15 or more points put them at three or more blocks uh jimmy butler great score but you got dylan brooks on the other end uh how many points do you put him at but anyways uh you can make all of those into a same game parlay and you can make some nice money off that if you play your cards right think about it is don't miss the chance 
for the no sweat first bet too if you're new to fan duel at the same time your no sweat first bet can be up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com and go to slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on is where you can take advantage of those bonus bets. But don't forget, with FanDuel, it's not only the same game parlays. You can do things like the spread, the money line, the total. All of the above are factored into FanDuel, and it is the premier sports betting place out there of and it's the official sports betting partner right now of the nba as well uh, the grizzlies as you're talking about FanDuel here in this upcoming game they're not they're not the favorites just in case you, you know but we'll talk about that game coming up here in a second after the break the grizzlies are back on the road against the miami heat the heat are 23 and 13 at home the Grizzlies, as I've said in the past, have struggled on the road. Uh, they, before that Mavs game, had lost 11 of 12 on the road, but you got the big win against the Mavericks. And now there's a chance to kind of right some wrongs here, right? There's a chance to, to, to get this thing back in the right direction. And when I say back in the right direction, uh, I'm not, you know, talking about, uh, you know, continuing to you know they've won three games in a row yes but i'm talking about uh against a team like the miami heat when was the last time the grizzlies beat a team like this on the road because this is what you're going to be going against in the playoffs you beat the you beat the mavs on the road no Kyrie, no luca before that the only road win was the houston rockets over that 12 game stretch and that one explains itself, right? See, Houston Rockets, they're, they're, they're on tankathon right now trying to see if they can get the number one pick. It's level, so it's a, it's a whole different level right here. This is a Heat team. They're desperate right now. You don't want to play an Eric Spolstra coached team when it's, when it's desperate. The Heat are the seventh seed in the East, and they don't want to be the seventh seed. They're trying to, trying to lock that top six spot up. You're a seventh seed during the play-in. And Jimmy Butler has been playing with his hair on fire lately. I think Jimmy Butler and, and, and his recent play is something to watch. But guess what? Grizzlies got a guy over there, and his name is Dylan Brooks. Uh, that's my number one matchup in this game. Jimmy Butler against Dylan Brooks. And usually, you know, when I talk about my number one matchups for games, it's usually Dylan Brooks versus the guy he's guarding. I know some of you have caught on to that. But guess what? That's the name of the NBA now. That's the name of the NBA. The NBA is is dominated by wings now. You got these twos, threes, and these talented fours who can put the ball on the floor and do all these things. That is the name of the game. We call it positionless basketball, right? Jimmy Butler has put this team on his back, you know, as of late. Uh, they just beat the Jazz 119 to 115. In that game, Jimmy Butler, uh, 24 points, eight rebounds. Uh, and then before that, they lost in overtime to the Orlando Magic, an overtime game where Jimmy Butler, he got them in overtime and had 38 points on 14 of 25 shooting in that game. And if you go back even a step before that, played the Cleveland Cavaliers and they beat the Cavs, Jimmy Butler, 33 points. 
But you notice what I just said. Over that three-game stretch, you are, all you heard me say was Jimmy Butler. You didn't hear me say Tyler Hero. You didn't hear me say Bam Adebayo. You didn't hear me say Gabe Vincent, Kevin Love, Caleb Martin, Max Strews, Victor Oladipo. You hear me say any of those names. It's because those guys got to step up. Uh, the Cavs game, Tyler Hero had 25 points. The last two games, Jimmy Butler is the only Miami Heat player to top 20 points. He's the only one. Uh, that there is, is it tells me all I need to know. It's why the Heat right now are ranked 30th in the NBA in points per game. But you know where the Heat get, get the job done? They're a feisty defense. They're Eric Spolcher, coach defense. They give you a bunch of different looks. They have this matchup type of zone, matchup man, uh, zone man with zone with man principles that they play. And it's it's some nasty stuff. And then they can, you know, they can get after you. You know, you got Bam Adebayo on the back end, one of the best defenders in the game. You got Gabe Vincent, feisty point guard, uh, a guy who's probably going to get matched up against Tyus Jones. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch as well. Tyler Hero, Desmond Bain. Tyler Hero has the contract that Desmond Bain is probably going to get plus more. Desmond Bain's probably going to top that deal and, and whatnot. But Tyler Hero has that money. So you you play against a guy like that. NBA players know. They know. Like, hey, just let me let me go. Let me go bust this guy up real quick and show them, hey, you, you see how much he's making? I deserve more. That's a thing. So at the end of the day, this game here, it's not, you know, it's not a Western Conference game. No, but it's still a game where the Grizzlies. You got you got the San Antonio Spurs next. You got the Warriors at home. You got the Mavs at home. You got the Rockets at home twice after that. You know you you, you see where I'm going. The Grizzlies have won three games in a row. This game against the Heat, underdogs. If you take away that game against the Heat, the Spurs should be a win. Warriors, great team, but Grizzlies at home, best home record in the NBA right now. Uh, then you get the Mavs at home. Grizzlies, best home record in the NBA right now. Then you get the Rockets at home for two. You don't win both of those. It's a, less, it's a letdown. So with all that being said, uh, all signs point to the Grizzlies being in a position where they can go on a streak here. They can go on a run. And it all starts right here, right now, uh, with this Miami Heat game. This is a momentum booster. This is the one team that you're going to play, and not only are they desperate, but they're good at home. I, I mean, all their struggles, this is not a great rebounding team. Uh, they are very good at home. One of the things I really want to see is this should be a Jaron Jackson Jr. game. Miami Heat, they, they, they're feisty. They're not going to just let him – you know, get just dominate inside. But but this should be a Jaron Jackson Jr. game. This game has the makings to be one of his type of games where he can really impose his will. Uh, the Heat do play two bigs at the beginning of the game. They start the game, Kevin Love, Bam Adebayo. But after that, they're pretty. They're going to go small for big stretches. It means Xavier Tillman is going to have to crash the boards. That means Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have to dominate his matchup, as we said in the first segment. And if those things happen. The Grizzlies have a chance of pulling this out on the road against a really good Miami Heat team. And if those things don't happen, hmm, at least you're going back home. 
You know what I mean? I mean, at least you get San Antonio in a game where we'll get a John Morant update as well. So stay tuned for that. But at least you go play the Spurs and then you get to get back home. So that's something to look forward to. But this game against the Miami Heat, I think it's a big one. I think uh, not in the, in the natural realm of things, but it's a game where the Grizzlies, you're playing a really a good team at home. And at the end of the day, there's going to be some scoreboard watching going on, right? We, we did the scoreboard watching. The Grizzlies are back at the two seed since uh, the Sacramento Kings lost against the Bucks recently. And the Kings, uh, they host the Bulls. I mean, they're on the road against the Chicago Bulls. Don't sleep on that Chicago team. Uh, Chicago, the Chicago Bulls won their last two games. Remember, they, they blew out the Nuggets and they beat the Rockets on the road as well. So they won their last two games. Don't sleep on that Chicago Bulls team. But it'll be good either way it goes for the Grizzlies to take care of their own business. Then you don't have to do uh, the scoreboard watching thing over there. So we'll talk about, you know, Miami Heat game tomorrow and we'll discuss what, you know, the Grizzlies, where the Grizzlies go from here in terms of the Western Conference standings and much more. I believe my partner Joe Mullinax will have you covered on that episode by himself. I won't be uh, tuning in with him. So stay tuned for that as well. But. Before you get out of here, make sure that you go make your second listen game to game. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that Locked On can deliver. Follow Locked On, follow Locked On game to game on Locked On NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube. And wherever you get your podcast, want to appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies, guys. Y'all know we appreciate it. Make sure you continue to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, all of those great things. We're looking at everything. We appreciate everything, but appreciate you the most. From this episode of Locked On Grizzlies, your host, Michael Cole, and we'll see you next time on the one and only Locked On Grizzlies.